Afrolit listeners. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Afrolit. This is hosted with Listening Party and in partnership with Canal Street Radio within the Canal Street market. I'm so excited because I just feel like every time I hop on the mic, I'm just so grateful, you know, and this episode is another solo episode, but it's special because I feel like there's so much to reflect on and it's the beginning of November. This is a series or a month that is especially in Western or in America, um, you know, Thanksgiving, uh, a holiday, obviously that we now know the history behind it is really crazy, but I think the bigger picture is just to be grateful and to just have gratitude for the the communities that we're a part of the people that we know the people that we love and also just ourselves you know to be grateful for the growth that we've made individually and otherwise and so i thought it would be good to just kind of do a check-in you know i am so grateful for all of you and i'm so just in I feel like I'm indebted to all of you, every single listener, every person that's, you know, turned this on and is tuned in and, you know, especially those that give me feedback. Like, I love to get like emails or roasted. Lol, y'all don't roast me. Y'all are chill. But I just love to get feedback from everyone. And I think that it's beautiful when um, people... Um, send me in comments or even just retweet that they're listening and that they're tuned in like you know there's so there's so many people but you know special special shout outs to Zandile special shout out to um, just so many others you know all my Twitter fam yeah just thank you thank you all so much for just listening in you know I I want you to feel as much a part of the growth and the places that afrolit goes you are like the catalyst for that you are literally the gas in my tank like and so it's funny because this past week the reason why there was no episode is because i was on a panel i was on a panel discussion and i feel like i should kind of get into that so that's like a story time So the panel was hosted by the Africa Center and it was put together with, um, you may have heard her on the show, Mazuba of Muende Bueno podcast, which you should totally tune in to, which is a podcast on African voices and with uh, Noah Hala, which is hosted by Tunde and Bao, my Nigerian compatriots, you know, they, they do their thing. And so I was on the show just talking or I was on the panel just kind of highlighting like how Afrolit kind of came together and like how everything started to stem forward so it was beautiful because like I as you know doing this now taking it as my own solo journey has been really really different and interesting and I I love being transparent with you all because I feel like the more honest that I am the more that you can resonate with that and so 
on the panel, of course, I was asked about how I started off with a co-host and now doing this on my own, what the challenges are and how I navigate that. And honestly, I think it's just because, as you know, when I started this second iteration, I started out just letting everyone know that I thought that I had failed. I, I wanted people to know that failure is like is there it's real and it's happening but it doesn't mean that you have to stop like failure doesn't mean quit failure just means like navigate repurpose re-strategize like move and i know it's so cliche but i do this afraid i do this not knowing what i'm gonna do i do afrolit still kind of unsure if you are gonna listen but you know what you tune in every single week you show up you show out and because of that like everything continues to grow and that's why i can be on a panel it doesn't it doesn't matter you know it it the only thing that matters is like my dedication and i think that you feel that and so when i spoke on the panel it just affirmed to me that you know time and like perseverance really does make success like you will be successful in whatever you persevere and stick to it's all about sticking to it and like this month also marks three years of afrolit so it's amazing that in this journey as well like you have equally seen just the growth and the changes and the people that i've had on and all of the variety of episodes but most recently so from the panel I was able to talk to people from my within the New York City community and I did post some of it on live on Instagram. So you should I mean, I don't know if you can check that out now, but I'll find a way to put it in the highlights and let me know if that's something that you want to see, because it just again also just affirmed to me that I can do this and that I am doing this, you know, and there's kind of no turning back. <laughs> I can't turn back now. <laughs> it's too late. The ships have sailed but yeah no it really just affirmed to me that i i am doing this and i'm in this and afrolit is my thing and it's my baby it's something that w is a part of me know that it n does not define me because nothing outside of ourselves can define us but it really shapes and like really helps me navigate the world and so from that, obviously, I touch on controversial topics. And one of the controversial topics that I spoke on recently, and this is kind of going to be a merge of like my own perspective of things as well as feedback from all of you. And um, as always, like I am really keen on, you know, whether it's getting like text messages or phone calls or you could even send me voice messages, which is there's a link in the show notes so that you can do that. Um, just so that you can be featured on an episode, which I would love to do. I was recently contacted about the Yunene episode that I have. And, um, you know, this girl, I'm going to keep her anonymous. She, when she reached out to me, she actually knew her. And I, I wanted to read what she told me because I thought it was really beautiful. So she says, and it was thought provoking as well. Hi E. Hi E. I was listening to Afrolit's tribute to gender-based violence and Nene, you Nene, and just wanted to say um, a couple of things because I knew Nene, you Nene, and the issues were so prevalent 
that conversations even in ubers as i moved around south africa um happened a solid month after nene's passing which were forced to be had and it's something that's been constant on my mind so i just wanted to give a few comments I understand the sentiment of apartheid being the root, but I wanted to almost completely disagree with it being the main issue. Tribalism in South Africa for from years and years before colonialism absorbed South Africa. Tribalism is rooted with patriarchy and misogyny and cu- cultures that women still should be undermined in a domestic a domesticated sense are all rooted from that. Statistically, gender-based violence short form gbv is mainly perpetu- perpetuated by black <laughs> by black south african men apartheid may have had a massive impact on the fashion of violence and rape but it was never much it was never this way before their crimes the pra- the crimes perpetuated by the black community that are that can be blamed are from lack of reparations and lack of societal care for the black community but there are certain crimes that should be solely directed and put blame on black men's inability to allow women for their rightful freedom in all aspects i don't believe it's a white problem in south africa at all years and years of this underestimation is something so prevalent in black lives it's seen um, underestimation just quotation or comma in south africa for black men is something that's prevalent in black lives and is seen from basic customs that involve uh, that simply involve men being superior i had a conversation with a 45 year old man once after being completely harassed by a man who wouldn't stop begging me for the pom pom while waiting for an uber I told the man about what happened and he was angry as everyone was after the news about Unene broke out. But the conversation would usually end with, you know how men are. That's just how it is. The men spoke about therapy for black men too, which was quite interesting. At first, I cringed in my seat that at, at the thought that that's just how men are is still relevant and wanted to object but he went on to say it's from years of trauma and their father's fathers perpetuating that kind of behavior thus why this may be a mental health issue yes in society very much so i think for black men as i heard one of your speakers say um lantia i think it's stigmatized which is a hundred percent true but honestly there are many of these men who are committing these crimes that are uneducated and come from poverty mental health facilities being available to black people probably and only for the most more affluent ones the government facilities provided are actually horrendous starting from the physical health facilities let alone mental and mind you this is an african nation so the priority is never based on mental health I was recently at a government facility last week for advice on something very traumatic that happened to me and I had receptionists laugh at my face for for being moral for 
for wanting moral support to undergo a procedure. I watched a nurse scream at a patient for being late to her appointment, saying they'll serve her last. And she was completely inept of walking properly, and she came off from public transport, and the nurses were calling her names. Counseling in government facilities are rigged with judgmental and uneducated people that are not equipped to deal with traumas that could possibly be the reasons for why black men continue to oppress women. I haven't listened to all of it yet. Well, at that time, quotes, that's me. But I just wanted to share this with you and hope that you could get some of my comments across. Thank you so much for sharing your sentiment. And this is what Afrolit is really about. It's about having these conversations, these thought-provoking conversations and really just stemming from it and really deciding like what you want to believe and amplifying our own voices from our own stories. I think now is the time for African voices and for African people to really come together and really Honestly, discuss like I I believe that every decision, every everything that we do starts from a discussion because at first it starts in a thought in your mind, but that's a personal relationship, right? But then when you now have that conversation with a friend or you have it with someone else, now you're getting it out there, you're putting it in the sphere and you know we're I'm big on manifestation and speaking into existing speaking into existence the things that you want but more specifically to this i believe that she sent this to me just because she knew that i valued our conversation and i value all the things that were discussed between me and siba and lantia and the beauty is that we can walk away knowing that you as a listener can learn something as well and also contribute because this is not just me speaking at you this is a collective community of people and being and having said all of that i think the beautiful thing is that it all ties in together with like the things that we want to accomplish in life and so I thought it would be interesting to share a book that I just finished reading. And y'all know, I mean, it would be awesome. Let me know if I should start an Afrolit book club because I definitely don't read that many books. So it would probably be one for the whole year. <laughs> we could talk about it for the whole year. But I really read through this book in like two weeks because it was just it was really just phenomenal in how she wrote her own personal journey but then also just gave amazing advice to the listener and the book is more than enough by elaine welteroth so let's get into it so elaine wrote this amazing i i'm i don't know if it's a memoir i guess it's considered part memoir part manifesto as she writes in the book but the the whole to give a synopsis without really ruining any of it is she goes into depth in just her background and her story and how she became the first black editor um, a part of the Condé Nast nickname Condé Castle as she calls it and um, she just literally was able to like take something that was like so like I you know sometimes when we read memoirs they can be so boring and mundane and it's like repetitive and it's like and then I got this and then I met that person and then I met this person but hers felt like telling it felt like such a conversation i mean 
Elaine, if you do listen to this, please let me host you on Afrolip, but also start a podcast if she hasn't already, because I just loved the way that I could hear her voice in this book. And one of the major takeaways for me was just how important it is to really believe in yourself and also like heal the points that you know you have an issue with i mean there were so many moments in her life where you know obviously whether it was in relationships or in her career she was very like driven and focused and that was like the beautiful thing she knew exactly she knew she wanted to work in journalism she knew well i mean she goes through kind of the motions and finding that that was her gift but even before getting there like you know having that kind of like hustling go forward entrepreneurial spirit stemmed from when she was like a child and I think all of us sometimes we go through life and we forget some of the things that we enjoy doing and how that kind of leads into who we are now I mean others you know if we're gonna be lawyer doctor engineer if you knew you were playing with like you know Barbies and healing them and like you know not I wouldn't say cutting them open and doing surgery but if you knew you wanted to be a doctor from a young age it's like very straightforward in what you have to do like you need to go to college and like focus in uh, medical services and then go to med school and then focus in like the type of doctor you want to be and etc etc but I think as we majority of all of us are creative people and have like a bunch of uh, we're multi-talented and multi-gifted and we have so much that we want to say and do and I I think that the problem that comes up is like we really don't know what we're supposed to do And to be honest with you, I think that's something that I struggle with at times, too, because I don't know whether I'm supposed to be. Obviously, I know that I'm supposed to be talking (laughs) because I enjoy talking, enjoy having a conversation. But at the same time, I don't really know, like, how I'm supposed to translate that all the time, you know, and how is that going to feed me how is that going to pay rent and like these are all of the questions the existential questions that keep me up at night and so elaine was really beautifully able to articulate just how she found her why and even within the whole like you know from her starting at ebony and like how she even met her mentor henriette there and just even the pursuit of that and having worked with you know doing on-air work and having been working like in in the entertainment industry since she was in high school was just very like i think it shaped her into understanding what she wanted and i think that's the beauty of this book and this story and so i I think for me, one thing, and I actually may read it again because it was so beautiful and just also how she articulated her identity. And it wasn't, and and it really made me respect her because I won't lie to you, I was one of those people that kind of roasted Teen Vogue when they had that whole representation issue and then had that like, you know, super light-skinned girl with like box braids and i was like wow really and you y'all know if you've 
listened, you know exactly the way I look. So I was like, really? We're going to do play these colorism games? And it's like, of course, you know, because she's also mixed race. And so it made sense, you know? And not that I completely, like, roasted her on Twitter, but I was just like, oh, wow. Like, I, I did retweet some of what others were saying on just, like, how they felt. I wouldn't necessarily say offended, but they just felt a way about the way that she portrayed that. And so she goes in depth on just how she didn't realize how she was wrong and how that also stemmed from her background as well, you know, and how that really like made her feel. And so it was interesting because she under, she really took it in a way and took it in, realized that she was wrong, apologized like completely for it. And also had to take the heat at Condé Nast, you know, from it too. Because she there was an un like just a mountain, an under 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 underestimated amount of pressure on her to be great and to bring Teen Vogue to the next level and how she navigated that and like that was really, really, really it was it was beautiful to read and understand, but it also made me realize that like sometimes, you know, with <laughs> as we've all heard that quote quote with, you know, great. Oh, and I'm going to mess it up. But, you know, with great task comes great with great purpose comes great responsibility. Like she had a hell of a lot of responsibility Yo, after <laughs> after becoming editor in chief, yo, like yes, paycheck like paycheck increase, but yo, and even that had to be negotiated too. You know, and like they really tried it. They really tried to play her. They really tried to make her feel small, make her feel like she well, she did need it, but at the same time, she also knew her worth. And this is just kind of my, like, call out to all of us to really know our worth and really add tax. We have to understand how much we are and, like, how much us existing is enough. So much of the world tells us that we're not enough. And it's so important to know that we are enough and that we, we can do it and we do have all of the skill sets and we're not we're not we are able to grow we're able to get things done and she used the beauty is that she used all aspects of her she used the fact that she was mixed race like the fact that her big hair became her staple the fact that she loved glasses the fact that she was super skinny and didn't have you know me and i guess in the fashion world that can be considered like a bonus but like you know her growing up that's something she always wanted to have a little booty you know and so it it empowered me to really take stock in knowing that i am a kenyan ghanaian girl who grew up completely kenyan so yeah but at the same time though that's just who i am and i'm not gonna apologize for claiming what i claim and being who i am and 
really wanting to promote and amplify the stories of African people and why that's important to me. It's important to me because of my identity, but at the same time too, it's because of what I love. I love being African. I love being black. I love existing as a black woman. And I think that there's so much power in claiming that. I think so many times we shy away from claiming our full truth and even amongst ourselves sometimes we others overplay it and that's to each their own that's the type of um rhetoric that i'm trying to develop now just like if that's how you want to represent yourself and represent your blackness then that's exactly that's what's fair for you and that's what you need to do but i need to and the world and everyone should be okay with how i choose to represent myself and i don't need to fit into any mold of blackness of africanness to be enough or to be considered a tastemaker or to be considered or vetted you know i've validated myself in who i am and that is enough and i think that's exactly what i took away from her book and i think that even more so it was in her peers that weren't you know mixed race or did happen to be black or even just of like asian american even white people were very supportive in her journey and i think it was just deciding and defining like who is going to be supportive and who or not who's going to be supportive but who can really speak into your life and give you that amplifying push that you need to be your best self and recognizing that and if anyone that is within your circle right now isn't doing that for you then it is the time is now consider this your 411 wake up call to do it let them go or just ease your way out of that situation because we are entering into a space where we have to be better for ourselves and like i i know for me i'm trying to build generational wealth i'm trying to break generational curses i'm trying to figure out all the stuff that my parents or my mom and my family have like broken through but take it to the next like level you know and so because of that obviously there's a lot of like mental capacity that that takes and so i know that my biggest thing is words of affirmation it's like something that's even in my love languages as like i think it's the top if i remember correctly it's the top it's the second one or the third one and from i know when people speak positivity into my life and give me that amplifying push i will do it and i'm learning to get that from myself as well but at the same time too i'm also learning that it's okay to have when you have the right people speak into your life you really feel the difference and the beauty is that she really she did it you know she really did it and it's it's amazing that you know from all of this she was able to let go of certain things because as you know she goes into detail as to how you know she did let go or she did um she was no longer editor-in-chief because of teen vogue becoming a online only platform and how she tried to vie to make it still a place you know that she could work and so it was just beautiful you know it was really beautiful understanding all of that the quote that i wanted to read to you all is 
and that's from the book is the universe god is calling you to be a little bit braver braver and to really step out in faith you know step out in faith step out in what you consider whatever is your comfort zone right now is unfortunately and i'm learning this the hard way too is unfortunately not going to be your place of growth comfort and growth cannot coexist oh that they can't coexist and why can't they coexist i need them to coexist Uh, i want like Everyone who knows me knows I enjoy sitting in a warm couch with a nice blanket, eating some good food, like call it a night. And I think that's majority of us, right? But if you want to excel, if you're trying to get to the next level and don't get me wrong, like those instances, those places of comfort are necessary in the growth as well we need they they both have to happen but they can't happen at the same time and so when you feel as though you're being stretched when you feel as though you're being given a really tough decision you know if you're gonna host a podcast by yourself hint hint you have to step out you have to be brave in it you have to know that this is something that is for you is what you want to do and it's going to take its own shape and its own life. And so that's really what I wanted to give to all of you this on this Sunday, on this day. Um, I just I just wanted to give you words of encouragement. Consider this your affirmation, a solo episode from EPM. Um, I, as you know, are still, I'm still in the interwebs. Afrolit is on YouTube. So make sure to subscribe because there's going to be some drops coming soon on there. Um, I'm going to be hosting a lot more live events in 2020. So maybe, you know, if wherever you are in the world, if you want to see me, let me know, send me an email, like send me a DM. If you're not following Afrolit already on instagram stay tuned for that we're getting we're getting organized you know we're getting organized together we're getting financially secure um shout out to zandile again um we're getting just blessed beyond measure i think for so much of our lives especially for black and brown people we're so limited in our thought processes and limited in what can be done by us but i want this to be a place and a space where you can listen and know that i want to blow the socks off of everything that you ever thought was possible i i believe that with any idea with any thought as long as you as i said persevere you will be successful and so i just encourage you all to think about what you are planning on being successful in and how you want me to support you in that way and so reach out to me let's get in touch and send me more feedback like how nice was that long letter you know at least you got to hear from your fellow listeners like you're not alone in this and of course shout out to everyone who always just says that get like just shows me love everyone who sends me a tweet everyone who retweets the episodes everyone who has liked and followed afrolit already just all of the support that i receive is truly 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 a blessing like i have 
no idea where i would be without it and so i keep going because you keep listening <laughs> so make sure to and you can always find me on my personal socials which is equa.ekua.pm um dj epm follow me on spotify as well as um apple music gonna be making a lot more playlists this season but yeah let's go fam we can together we can do this together we can be stronger and please know that you are more than enough and with that thank you so much for listening to another episode uh this has been brought to you by listening party and canal street radio i'm excited for the future and definitely definitely stay tuned for more talk to you on the flip side bye